and we are live. Welcome back, beautiful, amazing human beings. This is Ogrodowski and Jason Burmis of WeAreChange.org, and today is December 16th, 2018, 7 p.m. Eastern Time here in New York for our Sunday News Recap live stream that we do every single Sunday, and we're going to be live on Facebook, on Periscope. The podcast of this episode will be available on iTunes later, but mainly, of course, we're going to be talking to you on our flagship news channel, here on uh, youtube.com forward slash we are change where of course we're going to be prioritizing your super chats because you know what we would rather work for the people and have a fulfilling existence on this planet trying to work earnestly honestly for the benefit of all people instead of having a soulless luciferian corporate propaganda pig telling us what to say and what we can and cannot do right jason Yes, sir. That was pretty good, my friend. And you know what? Having a great week. You know, we got a lot of new members this week, man. Uh, You know, from that great work you did last week and continuing awesome videos, uh, I just want to let you know that your work is paying off. JC Nell, thank you so much for becoming a new member. Chicago, do it yourself now. Thank you so much. Erwin Vecht, thank you. Audrey M., thank you. Demont O'Brien, thank you. Chris P., thank you. Russell Neiman, thank you. EB Talking Lady, thank you. And FNT Jess, Thank you. And you know what? I'm going to give a shout out to Troll Trollson, who is the trolliest in our our uh, group right now. I can't believe that's his name. I haven't looked at any of his posts, but I thought that that was clever. So have at it, Troll Trollson. We're looking forward I'm to a be, fun day. I'm going to be looking for his comments very uh, closely here uh, in the chat room, which, of course, is a big part of this uh, bigger conversation that we have every week here, going over all the counter-narrative news from, of course, uh, a perspective that is brought to you by you, the people. And again, so uh, I can't thank you guys enough. Obviously, a big focus today is going to be South Africa, PewDiePie, and what's happening in the bigger kind of media landscape. Uh, but also, uh, I think we should also take a phone call. We do phone calls as well. We're going to take phone calls after going over all the bigger topics, the monologues, Monday stories to Sunday stories. Uh, but before anything, let's take a phone call, Jason, and uh, expand the conversation to a random person. Uh, which uh, should be interesting. It sounds good to me, folks. The call in line is 607-542-9184. That's 607-542-9184. And I'm hearing some double over, Luke. I don't know if that's on your end. You might have to lower uh, my volume just a tad. Yeah, I lowered your volume significantly. All right. Put on head. No, you're good now. I don't hear it at all. I just heard it. It was very, very low, but it was there. Michael Johnson, or welcome, Michael Johnson. Thank you for just becoming a new member. All that stuff supports us so big time, guys. I can't even tell you how much. 607-542-9184 for the lead phone call. We are waiting on you guys. Um, How was your week? What were you up to this week? (laughs) As soon as we do it, we got this. Yeah, let's, let's answer. Let's see what we got. You are live with Luke and Jason. Got to turn off your back stream, buddy. Got to turn off the stream. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, what's your name? What would you like to talk about? Well, hey, guys. I'm Hyphen Gannon from Brooklyn, New York. I want to say is that I like your show, guys. You guys are the best, and no matter what, if anything, if any social media giants that do anything to censor you, you know, we were not back. We were never. Well, what I'm trying to say is, like, you guys are the best, and you know we always believe you guys more than the corporate media, of course. And you know not only that, the things I want to talk about is about the, um, the Michael Cohen thing. Even though when he sentenced for three years, and the thing I watched from other alter news called the Duran, of course. 
mm-hmm. by two guys named Alexander Christophora and Alexander Mercurius, mm-hmm. which is they talk about the fact that um, this is um, uh, Cohen's wrongdoing, of course, not even close to Trump, even though paying like to the, the two people who Trump had an affair with is not much of a crime, just preventing from embarrassment, even though... Well, hold on, let me stop you there, because embarrassment isn't really what they're trying to charge him with. In a roundabout way, they're trying to charge him with uh, campaign campaign, uh, finance violations, saying that somehow he took contributions and then used those to pay these two women's off, of course, Stormy Daniels and the Playboy Playmate. But that's never been proven, and now they're trying to... First of all, Trump had enough money to pay these women off. It wasn't from campaign funds. They've been trying to get Trump in a perjury trap, trap, in a business trap. When they raided Michael Cohen's office, you knew he was going to go to jail for some shady business. And Luke, just today we found out that Mueller wiped clean both Strzok and Lisa Page's texts. Remember, we didn't get all those texts. We were promised we were going to get them. We're not. We're we're clearly, clearly had a big, big uh, interest against Trump unfairly. I'm hearing more little feedback there. Yeah, we're going to let you go, brother. We appreciate the call wait, wait, so let much. Let oh, his question. I, I think he, he did finish his question. Well, he ended on the I, I, like that background noise. I was waiting for him, but he didn't come back up, and we let him go. But I just want to say, well, he was basically talking about what we think about Cohen. Listen, it has nothing to do with Russia. It's never had anything to do with Russia. The Russian part is imagination land. And if you get into the private emails and documentation of people like Paul Manafort and Michael Cohen, there is no doubt that you will find crimes to prosecute them on. And that is what we've seen, Luke. I mean, of course, he's a big kind of businessman in New York. He's going to be connected to some shady people. Cohen did go down. He's He went down for three years. He's probably going to do half of that, probably somewhere in some country club kind of jail. I'm guessing. I haven't looked at the details, but that's probably most likely the situation. Him and Trump are at odds. Uh, and uh, it's, it's, it's a very clear case here that just utterly proves uh, just how um, – Mueller and this whole investigation is based on a witch hunt, and they're trying to hit him as hard as they can, uh, and uh, they're, they're getting nowhere. There's no proof of Russian collusion. This didn't do anything. Of course, there's going to be some tax evasion. There's going to be some money misused. Of course, uh, everyone in politics does that. They're all thieves. Uh, makes absolute sense that, of course, they all break the rules, uh, but the selective enforcement, especially against what, what happened with Flynn, and, and now Corsi is definitely, uh, you know, opening up a whole can of worms that is waking a lot of people up who are in the middle, who are moderate, to be like, hey, uh, this is absolutely based on crap, and we are not seeing any collusion at all with Russia and the United States. You want to take one more? That was a good phone call. I really appreciate, uh, you know, the, the nice words. Uh, thank you for trusting us, but trust yourselves more. Uh, the bigger message that we're trying to portray here to you guys, the viewership, the audience is, hey, don't believe anyone. Do your research. Do your homework. Here's the sources. Here's the articles that we're going to be showing you. But at the end of the day, you got to make up your mind because we all come from different perspectives. And the best way for us to prosper as humanity and prosper in this whole battle of ideas and this whole battle of censorship is for all of us to say, hey, uh, let's critically analyze and think about this, which, of course, the bigger institutions, whether the education system, the media system, the government hey. system, does not want you to do. It's counterintuitive to their interests. It's counterintuitive to their financial success for you to be an independent critical thinker because then they can't take advantage of you. And uh, I'm sick of people taking advantage of each other. People are saying, rant, rant, rant. I, I don't want to go on too much. 
but um, that was a really, really good phone call. I really, really appreciate uh, we've that. Got, uh, cut him off, Jason. We've got, we've got <laughs> actually another caller on the line. She just uh, listened to that rant live. You're on live with Jason and Luke. What would you like to talk about? Well, I, I, my question is, uh, what do you think is going to transpire in the uh, Paris-France situation? We hope it gets bigger. I mean, all right, so that's going to be a big issue today. But the bottom line is, by their own numbers, the mainstream media says 66,000 people were out there. This actually elevated to Tel Aviv in Israel. That went on in Canada. It was in Brussels. And yet the media is trying to tell you it's dead because Macron went on TV and made some concessions that these people said, listen, this is far too little, far too late. We're not going to stop. And don't forget, it was freezing cold out there. There were terror attacks. There were threats of ISIS attacks. So much going on, Luke. Yeah, I mean, that's a great question because this movement's going to be definitely hit. It's already been hit by so much disinformation. We're going to get into some of it, but really the bigger picture here is a lot of people didn't expect anything to happen this past Saturday, and guess what? It did. People still came out in droves. Not as many as came out before, but a significant number did come out with the freezing cold temperatures, with a lot of the organizers and people saying, hey, uh, we just had a major terrorist attack. We should you know, not focus on just protesting a lot of the protesters and leaders actually said hey let's let's take some time off let's come back to this later the holiday season is coming up which is also another big important factor of this and it's not only getting colder but at the same time we're also seeing facebook which was a big part of this movement's success start to squash down on a lot of these pages who are promoting this kind of yellow vest idea and uh, there's actually one of my friends who works in social media he's an algorithm guy he's a metrics guy he's an analyst looking at all the numbers seeing what does well seeing all the trends that are happening on social media he's one of the smartest wizards uh in social media that i know of and he's telling me you know a few weeks ago it was julian assange and wikileaks you mentioned that your videos get downranked in the algorithm uh, they, of course, don't go viral. They, of course, are censored and controlled, so they don't want those ideas out there. Now he's telling me the same thing is happening with yellow vests. Anything related with the yellow vests uh, is automatically deranked, put lower in the algorithm, uh, because, again, the, the establishment, the managers of the systems don't want you to know that you could stand up for yourself, that your life has human value, that you could stand in the middle of the street, demand change, and actually get it because the whole system is basically set up on your support and your participation in it. And once we stop supporting it, once we stop participating in it, the system is absolutely nothing. And that's a bigger, grander idea that the mainstream media will never get out there, that social media will make sure it will never be in your newsfeed, will never go viral because it's counterintuitive to them, to the people that they represent, to their special interests, and to their profits. Uh, and that's the message we're preaching, that's the message we're talking about, and I really do think we're at a very important head headway, which I'm going to get into in a little bit. Um, uh, I, but we should go over some of these super chats uh, before we do any of that. But but uh, great question. The movement, I believe, in Paris, just to answer your question uh, in a bigger sense here, it's going to dwindle a little bit, uh, especially during the holiday season. Uh, especially because of the cold freezing temperatures, but this is not the last that we heard of the yellow vest movement. They will come back a lot stronger, a lot bigger, a lot better, a lot more organized, uh, and, and because this pain, this feeling inside of you, inside of me, inside of everyone, of this injustice that is happening, of this basic robbery, highway robbery that is happening by the people, by the establishment, this uh, 
reality can't be denied. They could pave over it. They could deny that it's there. They could deny that there's so much inequality, that there's so much injustice, that there's so much of just people taking advantage of each other, of the system screwing you over. They could deny all of that. They could say, no, no one else feels like you feel. But more and more people are waking up to the reality. In fact, like, hey, uh, there's a lot more of us out there than we think. And a lot of us are hurting because of the same people screwing us over. And it's time, uh, more than ever right now, especially with the financial uh, circumstances coming, the big uh, storm that some people are calling the apocalyptic storm, uh, financial storm, is coming. And it's going to be a major one. Uh, and it's something that we have uh, you know, clearly um, you know, our eyes on. So uh, anything else you want to add to that, Jason, before we go over to some of the members and Super Chats? I just want to say that the establishment is petrified of this movement coming to the United States in any way, shape, and form. For instance, if you look at American media, they are barely talking about it. When they talk about it, they whisper about it and they say it's almost dead. They say it's almost dead. Now, at least European media is admitting to, you know, 66,000 protesters. It's growing. Um, you know, it may take in a little bit. They're Look trying to spin. Look what we saw in Brussels. I'm sorry, Jason. I'm yeah. sorry to cut you off. Look at what we just saw in Brussels just moments ago. Thousands of protesters in the streets, police with water cannons in this severe cold because people are protesting the new UN kind of migrant agreement that was just agreed upon in Marrakesh. A symbolic gesture, but a symbolic gesture that a lot of people aren't okay with because, again, mass immigration uh, is ma mainly a big neoliberal globalist idea that a lot of the elites have been using to take advantage of people, to not only have human slave labor, not only to flood the market with more competition in the workforce, making, of course, uh, the working situation worse off for everyone else, but it's a great divide-and-conquer scheme to make people and humanity all hate each other and fight each other. Uh, and that's why I think immigration has been such a major issue pushed upon us in such an unfair way where it's very difficult to even explain to you the human rational side of this of how people are getting exploited because there are some truths on the right there are some truths on the left the bigger picture here is people are getting screwed over and it's time that we all wake up and it's even harder to have this discussion without going into a bigger rant for 10 minutes about immigration that's a whole other issue but jason brussels huge protest today i haven't seen it anywhere in the mainstream media and you're not going to see it and like you just talked about that migration act is basically the next move in ending sovereignty ending the nation state and basically saying anybody can go anywhere and there's going to be a universal rule, a.k.a. this is a very, quote-unquote, new world order ideal. Break down the nation state. Let people migrate where they want. Have UN, United Nations control, or some other global governance body overseeing these things. And that is the push. And the people have pushed back and said no. We want our sovereignties. If we're paying taxes, it better be for services that we are getting. We're not supposed, we're not against all socialist measures, but when it's not coming to the people, when we're paying, for instance, what sparked this, the fuel tax, when we're paying wait, wait, hold tax. On. Maybe, maybe you, Jason, maybe you, Jason, don't believe in all socialist measures, but I have, it, I have a hard time discussing this issue because there are some valid arguments, but at the same time, I don't believe in taxation. I don't believe in the existence of the state, which is my own personal perspective. You have your own. Uh, but even with that bigger aspect of it, there are realities that do need to be addressed because the effects are, are withstanding and, and, and having 
uh, a big impact on all of us. Uh, so, Jason, when you talk about you like a little bit of socialism, that's you, buddy. That's not me. <laughs> I'm not. Hold on. Let's stop for a second. I'm not saying I wasn't even saying me. I was saying I'm not against all of it. What I'm saying is that you Europeans. Red coat. Oh, yeah. Well, I am wearing red today. So uh, what I am saying is that Europeans. In, you guys. Hey, oh, you're there more than me because I've never been there. But you talk to Europeans, Where? Europe. And wouldn't you say that most Europeans are okay with their taxation as long as they are receiving their medical care, their time off from work, the services that they expect? Where they get broken is, I can no longer feed myself. I can't afford my medical care. You're about to start this gas tax not to do anything, but to pay large corporations money so they can figure out what to do. I mean, that's like a leprechaun riding a unicorn over a rainbow into a gold-plated oblivion. They know that the oligarchs are in control. They understand that the big corporations are not paying taxes. And if we, the people here in the United States, woke up to that and got in the streets in, in 66,000, 100,000 in D.C. on a weekly basis, it would be over for our establishment. And I promise you, that is the last thing the ruling class wants, Luke. Exactly. And uh, I'm all about individual sovereignty. If you ask me what I believe, I believe people should have the right to determine their own path in their own life without being extorted, without having a gun put to their head and saying, hey, pay for this because we want you to. And collectively, this is all of what we want. I'm against collectivism. I'm for individual sovereignty, individual freedom. And yes, I, I concede to your point, Jason. There are some people in Europe who do like paying their taxes, who do like getting their government services and having things all tidy and organized. But that's their own personal perspective that I disagree with, but I individually respect. Because again, in, uh, this is a basic principle that's not really taught to a lot of people, uh, individual sovereignty. Um, as long as you're not hurting anyone, you're fine. You're totally cool. Uh, as long as you use force, that to me is the bigger problem. And I'm, you know, nothing against people living in their own communes and their own communities and deciding how to do it themselves, uh, but having it voluntarily where they're open to do what they want, leave what they want. And that's a big perspective that I think uh, needs to be uh, contextualized here because a lot of times when you hear, uh, you know, people from my kind of ideology talking, they kind of spew these bigger general generalities, which are kind of fun to listen to and spark a lot of different discussions. But that is a, is a good primer to make people understand where I'm coming from. Because um, uh, I had a very interesting conversation recently with uh, Mark when I was in San Diego recently. And uh, Mark Dice, by the way, if you guys know, we and, and we went at it. <laughs> uh, but again, uh, he has his own path. I have my own path. We respect the path and we respectfully disagree with each other. You want to go over some of these super chats before I get into the main story? Yeah, let's do that. And I would like to say that so I'm, I'm probably... Gonna, so we're going to do super chats, main story. You're going to do your main story, which is South Africa, right, Jason? Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. And then we're going to get into Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday uh, articles, and then take your phone calls. So, uh, yeah, let's get through these super chats and uh, go from there. Yes. So, Troll Trollson, thank you. Uh, you did super chat. Big shout out to Troll Great Trollson. Name, by the way. Awesome uh, name. <laughs> it's hilarious. Watch you all day in Paris. Best damn work ever. And LOL, now you mentioned me as I wrote this. And he's got like some kind of smiley face th thing going on. You would know that better than me because I don't emoji. Jesse Schmidt. Uh, glad to have you back, Jesse. Uh, did you notice our wall funding ideas got thrown out there by Congressman Davidson of Ohio? There was an article on Splinter News a couple of days ago. No, I have not seen that, uh, but I will definitely check that out. That would be interesting. Uh, I want to see what he had to say. Thank you, Jesse. That's something I'm going to check out. Uh, Diaphonic 1. Trump is our yellow vest, hence all the attacks. Let me say this. There's a lot of problems with Trump. 
I know that I knew that was going to come. People are going to say, "We don't need our yellow vest movement. We've got the QAnon soldiers." <laughs> Look, oh, I, well, you're—I mean—that's what people are saying. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tr- Trump, as much as you want to paint a Clark Kent superhero type moniker on this man. To the right of him is John Bolton. To the left of him is Michael Pompeo. He has surrounded himself with neocons. We are still in the Middle East. And when we get into what really happened in Yemen this week, I'm going to tell you I'm not pleased. And it was a backdoor loophole. But I'm telling you now, we need a yellow vest movement, Trump or not. And Trump needs to get behind the people even more. Even people on the right who love Trump on the way up, like Mike Cernovich, are saying he hasn't done nearly enough if he's done anything, Luke. I actually agree with you, Jason, on those exact specific points, surprisingly. <laughs> well, we got James P. Uh, this is our last Super Chat, and then we're going to get into the nitty-gritty. There is another establishment that is dependent on you, the YouTube, PayPal, Patreon establishment. But I've yet to see any one of my creators leave this technocracy. So go easy on us, Luke. Great work, guys. Much love to you both. Let me just respond to that really quick. First of all, let's stop calling it a technocracy. That's something that came from Alex Jonestown, okay? It's not a technocracy, because if it were a technocracy, that would mean that we would have some kind of a say at some point. It is a technopoly. It's a technopoly run by the state and its little side partners in business. They allow you to grow so much, and if they like you, and they've seed-funded you, like the Facebooks, the Twitters, the Instagrams, you grow... Google. The Google. Google Maps wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the U.S. government. Google in general wouldn't. It was one of the many seed-funded companies out there, okay, with contracts with the NSA, with appearing before Parliament, Congress. These have now become the establishment figures, okay? And we all know that technology has been subverted from the public by the government. We have not seen the latest tech out there. The military-industrial complex has technology we can only imagine. So now, what are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to just take ourselves off of the largest platform? YouTube is now TV. You ask about my con- you, t- you mentioned Mark Dice. Ask what me and Mark talked about back in 2010. I explained to him, within the next five to ten years, that less and less people would watch t- TV. YouTube would become its own platform, and it has. There are, listen, this generation does not watch television. I barely watch television. I know Luke barely watches television. We're from the generation, the generation before that. We're middle-aged men almost. Okay. Let me, let me cut you off closely. You don't want to watch television because of the subliminal subconscious messages that they're trying to put out there to you that are extremely, extremely detrimental to our lives. Sorry, go ahead, Jason. But the point is that if I could get on that medium more, I would because I'm trying to reach as many people as possible. And any kind of media that I can do that, whether it's the podcast that gets ripped from this show that you can get on iTunes. I don't love iTunes. I'm not pro-Apple devices. In fact, there's a lot of things going on with Apple right now that people don't realize. China's trying to ban iPhone devices uh, there, most iDevices. Why? Because of this trade war. So there's a lot of back and forth. Obviously, there's so much hypocrisy involved in not only this social media issue, YouTube, PayPal issue, but in life, man. Let's be honest. We're rocking digital devices that were built by child laborers and slaves in, in many cases, okay? Those people were not treated right. 
we got to roll with the punches. There's only so much that we can do. And why would we ever, and by the way, I appreciate the $20 super chat, but I'm just trying to explain this. Why would we ever cut our own digital throats instead of trying to change this? And we have gone to all the other alternative platforms. The bottom line is they haven't been able to get up over these obstacles, and that's going to be more and more difficult. In fact, Luke, you're about to talk about some digital obstacles that are laying waste to media operations. Yeah, I mean, this is a perfect segue into the main kind of monologue, the main story that I want to focus on uh, specifically today, because I really do believe we are witnessing an incredible time, uh, not only in American history, but, but just world history, because what we're seeing may uh, absolutely destroy us, or it may actually build us up to a point that we have never, ever been before or seen before as an independent media organization because the media landscape is changing so dramatically. And I wanted to point off to the first story here, uh, actually, regarding Mike. Mike was a media operation with a big startup funding that everyone was talking about. And recently, they just had to fire their entire staff and sold their entire network, the Mike, Net Mike Network, for literally pennies on the dollars, sold it for, what was it, $5 million, when previously they were evaluated at $100 million. You look at 2015, there's an article by Business Insider, how two millennials built a $100 million startup in four years and landed an interview with the president. Well, that entire news organization is down the drain because not only were they just absolute trash, lied, edited videos, promoted kind of leftist ideas. I believe they also attacked us uh, previously before as well. But the media landscape is changing in very dramatic ways. A lot of people, a lot of the big money in big tech uh, are realizing that these companies have, one, been overvalued, and two, it's unpredictable because it all is variable on the algorithm changes that happen through Google, through Facebook, through Twitter, through social media, and trends come and go and are more erratic and less stable, which of course a lot of people are, and a lot of investors and a lot of the big money are not comfortable throwing their uh, assets into. And we have seen news organizations like BuzzFeed who are literally right now selling their own line of kitchen tools at Walmart to survive. BuzzFeed is now selling plastic crap probably most likely made in China in Walmart right now to sustain and survive their media operations. And by the way, don't buy it because the, the plastic that they probably have leeches and probably gives you estrogen and all this other stuff. I would, I would, I don't know about you, Jason, but I definitely wouldn't trust any Buzzfeed kitchen utensils uh, <laughs> to say the least. They also are asking for donations now. So we're at a very important turning point where even, you know, vice news, hugely overvalued company they also are going down dramatically, not only in their viewership, but in their influence, and also with people who have invested in them who are losing their money left and right. Even the CEO of Vice Media, Shane Smith, said before in 2016 that we should expect a bloodbath in media within years. And guess what? He took a lot of his shares, a lot of his stocks, and sold them because it was the smart financial move, and he even is calling a bloodbath in the media market. And this is happening not only because of the algorithm changes, because 
of the clickbait that is based on emotions because obviously the media is, is making money by pissing you off and playing on your emotions and by doing this a lot of people are just disenfranchised and with a dying media just like a dying empire or even a dying animal you see a lot of irrational rash behaviors and they've been put in the corner they're bleeding out and they pretty much uh, have two ways out of this one hate bait click tits or two bootlick and kiss up to the establishment selling their souls and we're seeing all of that and with the hate bait click tits obviously they're gonna set their kind of emotional outrages on their competition the people who are coming up and they're gonna smear them along with activists to try to get their competition removed an example us and all the other independent media independent voices who are coming up who don't need millions of dollars of seed funding and investments and can do their job without any of the limousine liberal and corporate executive crap that they all want and demand and that's why they have been allying with activists smearing people in order to get rid of the competition working with big social media to deplatform uh, their competition to lie about them and to go after the people who are disrupting the industry the most and that's why we're even seeing YouTube pretty much destroy their own platform and kick out their own creators because YouTube is even a dying empire that bleeds money the only reason they're able to su survive and sustain is because of Google is because of Alphabet but in large YouTube in general is actually a losing business and that's why they're trying to cater to the establishment that's why they have Will Smith Trevor Noah John Oliver um, promoted uh, CNN Anderson Cooper promoted all the corporatist media promoted first no matter what you look up you look up we are change France protest none of our coverage comes up even though we dominated all of them and they're going after them and trying to get rid of them they're catering to the establishment government they're catering to of course establishment special interests and they're doing this because they're latching on to any possible way that they could survive this storm but this is not a storm this is a media apocalypse that is happening right now that will put an end to them that's why I'm saying this time that we're living in right now is absolutely incredible and could lead to really amazing things or really horrible things uh, but right now modern journalism pretty much is some person connected probably to some kind of government agency making up a story and then later they look for evidence just like we see right now the BBC uh, which is again publicly funded news organization is talking about how Russia pretty much organized the yellow vest protest and we have been seeing similar talk establishment rhetoric regurgitated to you propagandized to you by of course the special interest the powers that be that they bow down to because they want to stay relevant they want to still exist with their dying bleeding empires uh, ultimately moving away from everyone's eyeballs because people are just sick and tired of the hypocrisy and crap and that's why we're even seeing people say that this yellow vest movement is now smaller that their numbers are not growing that this is not gonna lead to anything we're seeing the major news station that a lot of the protesters even in our live stream literally lit a fire under talk about how they're just violent and criminals we went down there that wasn't that story that was happening there and this is why we're seeing a lot of uh, suppression of these kind of bigger ideas also with social media uh, which is a big connection with them because if there is a protest that works out in the geopolitical interest of 
the State Department, uh, the Pentagon, U.S. hegemony, bigger American foreign policy ideas. Whenever there's a protest that works in that favor, in the direction that these special interests are going to, guess what? The mainstream media applauds them, and they, and they literally cheer it on, and they talk about people standing up for their freedom and participating in democracy. But what's happening with France? Like, oh, no, it's just a bunch of crazy, violent people. And that's why we are seeing what people are describing as the violent death throes of media. And it's only going to get worse here. And they can't compete. They can't compete against individuals. They can't compete against me and you, Jason, because we're doing this on a shoestring budget. I travel hack. I stay in either very cheap Airbnbs or someone's couches to do my media reporting because I generally care about doing this job right. I care about giving you the stories no matter what I have to sacrifice. Other people, when they're getting paid a top dollar by special interests, all they care about is the top dollar and not providing a service that benefits their lives and other people's lives. They only care about that power and that money, and it's why they're going to go down, and it's why they're going after PewDiePie. Because if you think about it, PewDiePie is one of the most influential people out there, and he has been able to build his empire because all he did was simply play video games and started talking to people one-on-one -on, -one on an individual basis, not from a corporate level, not from a sanitized level, not from a censored, controlled, PC, correct world. He came out of nowhere, and he is the number one subscribed YouTuber. Um, and if the big media companies, the big conglomerates, the big special interests, if they could take him down, if they could take down the number one guy who rose to stardom by himself, who's the number one subscribed uh, YouTube person. If they could take him down, they think that they could have a victory. They think that they could survive with their failing media industries, and that's why he's been such a target. And that's why we're seeing Vox and other publications talk about how he is pushing and promoting channels that are anti-Semitic. Vox going off and talking about how he has ties to white supremacy and how this is serious trouble for the future of YouTube, attacking not only him, but other people like Lacey Green, like Dave Rubin, Ben Shapiro, Individuals that I disagree with, but this Vox article just literally is completely bonkers and insane, insinuating that Lacey Green, a leftist, is somehow a part of this alt-right conspiracy to radicalize people on YouTube. This is the most idiotic, crazy written piece of defamation. It is not journalism. There is no journalism in this Vox piece. It is purely speculation and defamation and this is why they're absolutely losing it this is why we're seeing so many people censored we see vice news right now cheering on the purging of the far right figures bringing up, up of course sargon avocado who likes to argue with the alt-right who actually hosts debates who actually uh makes conversations and arguments against the alt-right they just you know conveniently list them there just like we're seeing with all the other propaganda out there again just lying for those freaking hate bait click tits that they're all after and that's why we saw recently patreon go after sargon of akkad uh we've seen a lot of influencers move to subscriber star uh, and it's something I thought about doing myself. I've been really busy doing a lot of other stuff, and I haven't had time to. But even in the making of this video, I just found out that Subscriber Star has just been disabled by PayPal. 
which is going to make it extremely difficult to actually pay people out. And they were supposed to be the competitor to Patreon. And we're seeing the same kind of gang all, all correlate together because they benefit each other. They work for each other. And that's why we're seeing so much deplatforming. That's why we're seeing people getting hit left and right. They don't know they don't know who to hit. They hit anyone that they can. They hit people on the left. They hit people on the right. But they're mainly hitting people that are anti-establishment, that are counter to their narratives because they know to survive they have to protect their interest because once the government has no more control of the media, the people will actually find out what the government is doing. And this is why we're seeing such a correlation with social media, the government, the mainstream media, all colluding together because without each other, they can't survive. And that's why cryptocurrency has been slandered as much as it has in the mainstream media. And they're offering new platforms that we've been using, that we've been jumping onto as an alternative to this, as an alternative to the authoritarian lovers and their propaganda spewing this hate rhetoric against you. And that's really what they're doing. They're, they're spewing lies and hate to get you to click on them so they survive, so they stay relevant. And guess what? It is not going to work. And we need to call these people for what they are. They are authoritarian lovers and nothing else. Uh, and guys, it's not just government here. And a lot of people, especially uh, who follow me, especially who are on the more anarchist side, need to understand here, uh, these big social tech monopolies, they, one, they wouldn't exist if it wasn't for government. Two, they get a lot of tax incentives from government, which makes it unfair to a lot of the competition out there. We're talking about Amazon. We're talking about Google. We're talking about Facebook. All of these companies, as Barack Obama even said himself, wouldn't exist if it wasn't for government. But these big tech monopolies, we've got to understand, they're collecting all of our private information. They're monitoring every single thing we do. They are controlling what news we see and what we don't see. And they are squashing any competitive ideologies or even arguments against them and guess what these are private companies that do need some form of accountability or even some form of us walking away from them and that discussion will happen that discussion is happening in smaller ways this is why again we're moving to blockchain decentralized alternative platforms with everything on the blockchain so you can see everything fully with a lot of transparency which is why blockchain even though cryptocurrencies are down right now I still believe will be the future uh, but we can't entrust private corporations uh, to these authoritarian lovers because if you look at Apple Tim Cook could stand on there and talk about how he loves you and how he cares for you and how he hates really bad speech but ultimately he and a company represent Someone who enslaved people overseas, used child labor and rare minerals sourced illegally to build up their profits with, of course, great collusion from the government. This is a billionaire technocrat that should not be trusted. And until we have that major paradigm shift, what we will see and what we will have is, of course, more attacks, more collusion, more hooey more lunacy coming from the establishment media and more attacks on, of course, PewDiePie, who they're obviously jealous of. If you look at him, PewDiePie apologized for the video that he's being attacked for now. He took it down. He declaimed it. He explained what happened. He talked about how this guy had a second channel that he wasn't even aware of. He talked, And the guy that he supposedly promoted, of, of course, was using dark humor. He was talking about... Uh, came and say it on this channel, Hitler, 
<laughs> right? You can't even say it anymore. Even if I want to discuss that person or topic in a negative format, I have to be worried, which is a world that these people have created just for the sake of their own survival based on their own lies. And just like any market, as soon as you start manipulating it, getting rid of competition, it becomes stagnant. It becomes full of crap and absolutely worthless to the people because they can't compete in the battle of ideas. And that's why competition should be fair, should be free, should be open, and everyone should have a voice. And these people are deathly afraid of that because it starts with just information and all of these special interests, these governments, the social media, the mainstream media, all of them would go down dramatically as soon as we realize we have the choice. And guess what? We do. And the choice starts with you, with the small decisions that you make every single day. So yes, that's my rant. They're all jealous of PewDiePie. Uh, PewDiePie's an okay creator. He's not even that political, uh, but him gaining the success he had, he's obviously a major target here. And uh, obviously... Uh, with him even unwillingly has become a major figure uh, against the establishment, even though he's not anti-establishment, which is a fascinating concept, and that's why this video is titled uh, what it is. So uh, before we go anywhere, just make sure to understand that our time here on YouTube is very limited. Sign up on our email list. Uh, it is the only sure way to stay in contact with us and to make sure that we are still here in this turbulent time where, of course, these people are losing their influence and doing crazy radical things to keep it. We are, of course, helping unravel that influence, which makes us a target. We've been hit a lot of times by the big establishment, social media, mainstream media, and government. We have been targeted. We have been attacked. We have been directly attacked in many different ways, but we're still here because of you and your support. And the best way you could support us is by signing up to our email list and slowly and surely moving away to a backup that we actually could talk to you one-on-one -on -one instead of this interface that controls what you see and cannot see. And that's why, holy cow, I love you guys for even being here with me for this incredible apocalyptic storm in media that we're seeing now. Well, Luke, there's a lot to You're unpack there, my friend, um, but I've got a lot to say on just about everything you talked about. So I'm going to work backwards, right? So let's Look at Tim Cook. Tim Cook has been throwing darts at Facebook, darts at other social media, saying that they're lying to you, that they're weaponizing this information. Don't believe them. They're not trying to make your experience better. They're selling that stuff. And we've all known that. At the same time, he talks out both sides of his mouth when I did a video for the main channel last year with him speaking in front of China. He's in China. And he's telling them that they have a shared vision, Luke, a shared vision of the internet. Isn't that lovely? I'm so He's glad. He's absolutely terrifying. Like when I look at Tim Cook and I talk, I, I just think of an AI robot that wants to literally, that literally came back from the future to destroy all of humanity for the, that's probably, that could even be a likely scenario here in, in this uh, reality. Yeah, no, it's like if you took Steve Jobs and you literally stripped away any ounce of masculinity that he had, you then have Tim Cook. Um, I mean, they, they have the same slender build, the same glasses, the same demeanor. He's, he's not as charismatic, obviously. You give, give Jobs credit. Jobs was charismatic, whether you liked him or not. He took a lot of mushrooms now. <laughs> he, did. he did do a lot of LSD. So I want to take it all the way back to the beginning with Mike. Why did they shut down? Well, let me explain to you why they shut down. Facebook closed their video deal that they had with them. So the lucrative video deal they had with social media was broken. He immediately had to fire everybody that he had and scrape up 
the last remnants of profit that he could from his organization. This speaks to a larger point. When you see an organization like Mike in your feed, when you see an organization like Goalcast in your feed, when you see sites like Upworthy and others appear out of nowhere, know that they are funded by someone from something. They are not out of nowhere. They're not not taking corporate money, Soros money, Rockefeller Institute money. That's how these businesses thrive. And Facebook won't make us a partner. Hell, they won't even put us on Facebook Watch. That's not a coincidence. And you're going to see more and more of these types of things have 60 million views out of nowhere. It's already been told they game the numbers. People are in lawsuits with them because they've sponsored content that they said got tens of thousands of views that had less than 1% of that. So Facebook is gaming the system as they try to rival YouTube. And all of these little media conglomerates that you're seeing for two, three years, they're not independent at all. They're not independent at all, Luke. And I hope they go down, but I hope people realize that the real independent journalists out there are barely making it. And that's why I want to thank everybody in the Super Chats. I mean, we've seen an outpouring of that. We're going to get to those after we get to the next big story. But the bottom line is, we live in a period where the most successful person on the most successful platform out there is a target, not because he's really anti-establishment, but because he may say something the establishment doesn't like and influence his 77 million plus subscribers, Luke. He's a threat that hasn't even been threatening them. Uh, and that's why they're so afraid of him. Uh, and that's a great point that uh, really, really needs to be hit home here. They want to take down the competition. They want to take away anyone who could permanently bring them down. And he's one of those individuals. Absolutely. And again, they see a threat. That this Listen, I'm not even... First of all, Luke, I don't know about you, but I can't even get through one video. And I realized that, you know, PewDiePie, I, I only became familiar with him a few years back, maybe even five years ago, when he was featured on South Park. And Ike was, like, in love with him, didn't care about TV, and this was the guy. And he made, like, I'm like, this is the most popular guy on YouTube? And he only got more and more popular. And I tried. I tried to watch a video or two. I'm sorry, broken foreign English, video games, and quick cuts with graphics, they don't do it for me. They don't make my nipples hard, guys. I can't tell I, you. I, I, I heard about him first through South Park as well. I'm like, who is this guy? And they were like, and he was doing the, the kind of annoying intro that he does. And mm -hmm. I'm like, what the hell's wrong with society? But <laughs> obviously, it's, it's a bigger kind of testament just to see how much he's been attacked. Uh, because of just how afraid people are of him and how ridiculous all of this is. And it's basically just one big old meme uh, that, of course, they don't get, but it's it's pretty, pretty uh, contradictory to uh, just almost everything that we're taught to believe. Well, I got to tell you, if we wanted to go back to that super chat right before we started this conversation, if a guy like PewDiePie, who's probably made now in the tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars, I wouldn't say hundreds, but maybe he's capped a hundred million with all those views and celebrity appearances and everything else. Who knows how much money he has? If he said, I am leaving YouTube tomorrow and this is the platform you can find me on, that would be instant. That would be instant. That would be the next platform to challenge these guys, and that would be the next target. If we could get a guy like Pie to do that, 
it would be revolutionary. That's how you do that. You don't cut your own throat and take yourself off a platform to put yourself on seven other platforms that may not be here in six months. But if PewDiePie put himself on a platform, everybody would run to that platform. That's how you do it. So, hey, if you want to get PewDiePie to leave YouTube, yeah, he might not have 70 million subscribers out of the gates, but I bet you he'd have 10 million on any platform within a week, Luke. Uh, very good points there. I'm going to go over to the Super Chats, then we're going to go into your uh, South African story, and then um, the stories that happened all this week, and then take some phone calls. We've got a first Super Chat by Monica S. She says, can you explain the PewDiePie title, Stolat? Uh, thank you so much, Monica. I really appreciate that. I think uh, we did that fairly excessively uh, just recently, but thank you so much for the Super Chat. Uh, anyway, we got another one by Paradigm Shift. And he says, the left and right attack anyone who admits the entire system is run by criminals. They, own, they only want a virtual signal for their own team. That's exactly right. And their own team are the special interests that they serve. It's the money that feeds them, and they will never bite their own hand. Um, and obviously, they, it's, it's all a big gang. It's all a big club. And guess what? Majority of the people, we're not in it. Uh, Jesse Schmidt. Uh, $20. Thank you so much, Jesse. Really appreciate you always being a part of the broadcast, always being here every Sunday. You're awesome. And he says, quote, is there a way to better, to, is there a way to subvert the YouTube Super Chat feature so they don't get their 30, 30% cut? Like a non-YouTube Super Chat feed you guys could use in addition to the current platform, like a small corner script of the video feed. I think that's a possibility. I see some live streamers doing that. Jason, I would definitely need your help in setting that up. I don't think the cut is 30%. I'm going to have to look into the exact cut that YouTube uh, cuts. It also depends on the um, a relationship that I have with uh, a third-party manager, uh, which we have. I'm going to talk to them about that and see exactly how much the Super Chats are taken out of and look at those alternatives later on this week. Thank you well, so much. I, for I that, also Jesse. want to really just mention uh, it's not as easy as that either because you know I watch a, a channel called Linus Tech Tips, and they've got, I want to say, four or five million subscribers. It's a huge channel. You know, a lot of geek stuff, computer stuff. But they were doing live streams and multicasting and just mentioning that you could go watch it somewhere else. And because he was pushing content um, that was being rebroadcast away from YouTube, and I'm thinking that monetarily that might be the same thing, uh, they gave him a strike and he, he eventually had to talk to them. So, you know, YouTube has some pretty rigid rules. There's a lot of digital rigid rules out there. You know, just for instance, on our email list, you know, we have to provide you with a physical address. We have to provide you with a way to opt out. We have to provide you with the proper even title in the thing. If, if we spam you with something that isn't true in that email, um, we can face prosecution, federal prosecution. So forget about just terms and services and, and dealing with YouTube. There are just so many digital uh, things, uh, hoops to jump through uh, out there that people are not aware of, Luke. Yeah, I mean, some of them are good and some of them are just a prison system and are abused to get rid of their competition and to help out government. That's why they created these regulations. That's what most regulations usually are. It's a payoff to the mafia as well. Uh, Jason disagrees with that, but that's my point of view. Bass. Jason likes the regulation. Bass, uh, Tigger Levin uh, has a super chat. It says, uh, it's sad that all of the U.S. presidents are part of the same family tree. Do you guys know if this is true? If so, is Trump also a part of the tree? I remember 
looking at this and seeing that a, even, what was it, a high school girl made a tree and talked about how all the presidents and even vice presidents were uh, somewhat related to each other through third cousins or eighth cousins, like Dick Cheney was uh, the seventh cousin of Barack Obama. I, I think you did more research about this, Jason. Do you know anything about it? I can't speak for Trump, and I can't speak for the vice presidents, but absolutely. <laughs> All those, yes, Barack Obama even uh, somewhere got into the cousin tree. And I remember back when uh, George Bush was running against his uh, second or third cousin, John Kerry. You know, they didn't just uh, go to... Uh, Yale, two years apart. They both were in Skull and Bones, but yes, they were distant cousins as well. And I remember at that point, uh, some of the genealogists, anybody can look this up, they traced them all the way back to Vlad the Impaler, uh, the person that Lord Dracula is based on. You know, lovely people. Really lovely, lovely people, Luke. I mean, it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if they're all inbred. Uh, we got another super chat by uh, Diphonic1, and he says, Issues want Pompeo's recent actions and speeches. Uh, have you followed up on that, Jason? Well, I mean, if you just look at some of the things he's talking about right now, he's talking about the China trade war. Um, he's basically saying that China is holding two Canadian citizens illegally. Of course, this was in retaliation to that uh, Huawei executive that was arrested earlier, the Chinese one, in Canada. All sorts of regulatory issues there. And, you know, let's be honest, Pompeo is still a warmonger. He, he didn't want to see what happened uh, with the Yemen resolution, although there were some backdoors on that happen. He, he's, a, he's a war guy. He's, the only thing I can give Pompeo credit for is that he helped Trump get North and South Korea to begin peace, to cross borders, to shake hands again. And to North, North Korea's credit, they have not been the boogeyman that the media wanted them to be the last six months, Luke. You know, we debated a lot this year on whether that was actually going to happen, but they've basically fallen out of the news. So I will give Pompeo some credit on that, but it's hard to give a neocon that wants to go to war with Iran, that wants to continue operations in Afghanistan, in Iraq, and basically go buy the Wolfowitz, Rumsfeld, Cheney playbook as a good person. And invade Iran and was the former head of the CIA. I don't think you should trust any former head of the CIA. Uh, moving on, uh, Premius81, thank you so much for the super chat. Another uh, super chat by Chris Primer, who says, I was in a Discord server with Sergey Brin, Ellen DeGeneres, and the avatar of Quasal Kultal. When the decision was made, the voice and chat logs are extensive and damning. I bet. I bet uh, they are Chris Primer. Uh, another super chat by Sandra Karen says, Love you guys. Truth, integrity, honesty, and real news. Thank you so much, Sandra. Uh, if it wasn't for you, uh, it wouldn't be possible. So thank you so much. Ken Jacobson, uh, Carrie Gents, love you both. Thank you so much. Uh, El Masarito. In the old days, I would have spent this on a movie ticket. Uh, well, thank you, uh, El Mozarito. Uh, a lot of media and a lot of bootlegs are definitely available now for free online, uh, which has also disrupted a lot of the bigger companies out there. Uh, you Gadget TV, thank you so much for the super chat. You said, what do you think about the microchip that the companies are planning to put in their employees? Well, it's already happening in, what was it, Sweden? A record number of people are just implanting each other uh, to excessively have so-called a convenience and it's extremely extremely disturbing uh, to see this becoming more of a trend and done willingly by a lot of people because obviously it starts off with just oh look how cool and edgy I am I have a microchip in my hand and I could conveniently not have to have cash on me 
uh, and it starts out that way, but just like we know in any form of technology, it's a double-edged sword and could be used for very disastrous way, and I think that's one of the most disastrous ways that it could be used. Uh, literally microchips controlling our lives. Uh, not an exaggeration, a big part of what people are willingly doing now in uh, Sweden. Uh, Tony Drake, thank you so much for becoming a new member. I'm going to be creating new content for you guys this week, just for members only, uh, just for the people who help us uh, and support us individually. Got a lot of content to make. It's all in my notes. Give me some time, and I'm excited to uh, make a lot of videos for you guys. Uh, we got the Truth Lady. Says yes, it's true. There are uh, related. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. All interbred. Uh, not not technically in, inbred, but uh, facetiously. Uh, they're all uh, inbred lunatic uh, psychopaths. Uh, Diaphonic, once again, says uh, he was bought in briefly at CIA by Trump. Uh, we're talking about Pompeo here. What do you think about that, Jason? Again, man, I've, I, I find it very hard to believe that Pompeo is some sort of good guy. Let me see some more actions. Again, I will totally give him credit in that uh, North Korea-South Korean uh, peace agreement, the transition there. But until I see what this president promised you, Luke, he promised me, and he promised the rest of American people, we're going to leave Syria. It's time to get out of Afghanistan. We've had enough with Iraq. We're not going to start new wars of aggression. And yet that drum keeps beating against Iran on behalf of Israel. I'm sorry I can't get behind Mike Pompeo. I hope that I'm proven wrong in the next 18 months. I hope that, you know, all of a sudden we hear Trump going, we did it! We did it! We're leaving! We're getting out of Syria! I will be clapping! Woo! I don't see that day coming, Luke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the QAnon has a different story there, Jason. But that's a whole different subject. <laughs> Reno says, uh, keep it going. We are changed. Thank you so much, Reno. Okay, let's get to your story about South Africa and get through all the different stories and take some phone calls. Jason, go ahead. All right. So this one is a pretty big story that made some big headlines earlier in the week, and there's a lot of news on it to go over. As many have been following, uh, you know, they're not trying to call it uh, land grabs. They're trying to call it expropriation or land reform. But the bottom line is what's happening is farmers who, who own land, yes, white farmers who own land in South Africa, are going to have that land taken. And We've already seen waves of violence on these farms, people, you know, creating support groups within uh, one another so that they can check in and make sure something violent hasn't happened to them. Now, that is not to say that I am pro-apartheid and I know how all these people got that land. Listen, there are problems, but let me say this. Violence is never the answer. And more than that, taking on an entire group by race is simply disgusting and disturbing to me. Um, I, I just could never get behind that. And you had a high-level politician this week just go off and say, um, you know, start talking about the taxi industry of all things and start saying, for every one black person they kill, we will kill five white people. Let me repeat that. We're going to kill five white people. We're going to kill your women. We're going to kill your children. And now what I've seen the media do, and you can see it on this, uh, it says they're children and women here. A lot of these headlines have now been changed to pets. If you look this up, and instead of saying women and children, it's whites and their pets. So there seems to be an effort by the mainstream, at least in this country and in Europe, to soften the rhetoric. But the rhetoric is extremely scary because it's backed up by action, okay? 
And what we've seen now is that, uh, you know, after that, the electoral board said, the commission said, hey, we're going to warn you, black, uh, back, black land first. We're going to warn you. You can't say things like that. You can't just say kill white people. But he's still the head of that party. They didn't take anything away. And obviously, he must be popular to hold that position. Now, they set dates about three weeks ago. I, uh, I posted over at uh, um, our Facebook page of March land grabs. Now, there's some reports that this is already happening, that this is going on. In fact, uh, there was one tweet where you saw a man whose face was bloodied, who was said to be actually trying to stop authorities from taking some of this land. You know, whether or not it's officially happening, we know it's officially happening in less than three months at this point. It, it's going down. And CNN, you know, they did this piece. I was kind of shocked by it because I'm not going to play it. I don't want any copyrights, but you can check it out here. Land was stolen under apartheid. It still hasn't give, been given back. So again, they're promoting the idea that this land needs to be given back to the people. And once again, I am not pro-apartheid. I don't know how all of this land was acquired. But if you watch this piece, for instance, okay, the really startling thing to me is that they start off admitting that land is being taken and that farmers are being killed and they just glaze over it like it's no big deal. That's, that's how they start this piece. They admit that when we've seen in the mainstream, especially in the United States, that that's a hoax. Those are lies. Racists are spreading that information. And look, this has nothing to do with racism to me. This has, has to do with life and death. And they are killing these people. So they find a sympathetic white farmer in this piece and he's voluntarily giving large portions of this land back, which is probably a smart move, seeing as he probably doesn't want to be a, one of the people strung up and killed, okay? And it's not really told how much land he owns, and that's the other thing. A lot of this farmland that they're planning to take is being unused anyway. Now, that does not give them the right to just grab it without comp compensation. I am never for government seizing private property on behalf of the state. I want to make that absolutely clear. But we see how it's being sp spun. And here's Ramaphosa. And for those that don't know who Ramaphosa is, he's the current South African president. With the same reporter on the same network of CNN, sitting down with this guy who's now saying the opponents of this, the people that we've seen in their parliament, the people that we've seen come on programs like Tucker Carlson and discuss this issue, they're racists. That's what they are. They're just racist. This isn't a real issue. They're ill-informed. And he even talks about Donald Trump and saying that Donald Trump is ill-informed on this issue. Oh, So, you know, I just want to wrap it up with John Bolton giving a speech in front of the Heritage Foundation to remind people that we are extremely militarily involved in Africa right now as we speak, and most people don't even realize that, that we're smart bombing places like Somalia. We've got troops there because of AFRICOM. And this hour-long speech was extremely startling because not only did it lay out a military plan of action against Africa, it also talked about China being an ally of Africa and moving into bases there and how they had used one of these African bases to shoot down a plane with state-of-the-art laser equipment. 
Now, I was surprised that didn't make some mainstream media that China is in some of these African bases shooting lasers. Point being, we live in a very confusing and globalized world when now China is militarily involved in Africa. We're militarily involved in Africa for all the wrong reasons because we have to go after all Nusra and Al-Qaeda affiliates and we have to go after all these Muslim terrorists. What we're not concerned about is their government going into people's homes and taking their property sometimes violently. And this is a huge issue. It's not going away. And I got to tell you, I really think that the violence is only going to ramp up in the next few months because we have to take this government and the other political parties surrounding not only you know this Ramaphosa's party but the other parties for their word that they are taking this land and they are not afraid to kill people Luke well Jason as you know I was there in uh, Somalia documenting some of these strategic strikes that the US AFRICOM kind of systems are deploying there and they really weren't that strategic. They were causing more chaos, more radicalization. On that same trip I also went down to Zimbabwe and even the local Zimbabweans were talking about terrifying, horrible ordeals that they knew people went through. Local Zimbabweans who went down to South Africa looking for work and uh, the South Africans have developed uh, a torture strategy to prevent a lot of the, Zab uh, the people from Zimbabwe coming into South Africa by literally putting tires around uh, Zimbabwean immigrants uh, and lighting them on fire and recording it on video uh, and putting it out there on uh, the internet. This is, you know, South Africa is a very, very horrible, horrible situation that I personally looked into going and documenting and looking at some of the bare-bone facts and some other circumstantial things that I was going through, uh, it was one of the most difficult stories that I was preparing for uh, to go to and report on, uh, but I didn't uh, decide to do it. But uh, we're talking about the capital of child rape. We're talking about record numbers of AIDS, record numbers of people having a skewed belief and ideology that if they have AIDS, that if they're, they're able to sleep with a virgin, they're able to pass on the AIDS and not have it anymore. Or they believe that taking uh, you know, a vial of your blood and giving AIDS to someone else walking by uh, with a syringe and needle, they believe that that cures AIDS too. There's a lot of horrible problems in South Africa, and not only with the whole white farmer situation, but also as far as the natural resources, it looks like South Africa is going to be uh, just a devastated country if it already isn't, but it's going to be severely devastated uh, in the not-so-distant future. It's going to get very tense, and it's even a story. And I usually go to the crazy stories. I go to Caracas, Venezuela. I go to Mogadishu, Somalia. I go to Fukushima uh, in, in Japan. I go to all the crazy stuff. South Africa has been one of the stories um, that has been on my kind of wait-to-do list for two years. Um, and it's one that if I ever do go to, I'm going to have to severely uh, protect myself and severely uh, get ready for. So extreme situation unfolding there. And, uh, guys, it's only going to get worse from there. Absolutely. I really think that uh, this is big, 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 big trouble. And it's not just going to be localized to Africa. Um, again, when, you, when you've got China on military bases, when you've got, uh, you know, American troops there, there there's going to be a backlash. There's going to be some crossover. And I, I'm sorry, I just cannot get behind any government that's calling for the death of, of white people. And I couldn't get behind any government that was calling for the death of black people or brown people or any 
group of, of people based on their race. I First of all, death and violence is not the answer. You know, I, yeah. I, I, me and Luke have our differences, and I think that the non-aggression principle is kind of a joke because most people won't follow it, but I certainly try to follow it, whether I'm a libertarian or not. And that principle is, you know, I, I'm not trying to cause harm to anybody. I'm trying to live my life as a happy person, and I, I'm not going to impose my force on another person. And that simply will not be possible with what they're attempting to do in South Africa. And, and that kind of violence is only going to escalate. And it's, and the natural resources, they're lacking water. We're talking about huge devastation um, hitting that place very, very soon, especially with a lot of people leaving that country, and rightfully so, with all the chaos that's ensuing there. And it's only going to get worse from there. Uh, and uh, I'm still on standby whether I should go there or not. But uh, definitely feel free to talk to me about that on my other social medias. Uh, something I'm developing. I'm also talking about possibly going to Israel, going to Palestine. A lot of different things, but a lot of the stories I do depend on you and your support and also you guys messaging me if you're there on the ground, helping me develop a lot of these stories because the majority of the stories that I do, especially when I'm on the road, are because of the people I meet there. Um, and uh, you guys are a big part of that, so don't forget to follow me on you know, the Instagrams and, and all that. Uh, the main part will be the email list, but... Personally, Instagram and Twitter under Luke, we are changing the best way to talk to me. All right, Jason, let's go over these super chats and then go over our, some of the news stories that we have Monday through um, Sunday. Yep, uh, and uh, let's just uh, go to the one that's uh, most relevant and we'll backtrack a little bit. This is from Jerry. He says the land was never stolen. Even Malema acknowledged that I lived there for 35 years. This is just black on white hatred and racism. And that's uh, from somebody who's lived there. Okay, well, that's his opinion. Thank you, Jerry. We appreciate the super chat. Uh, Patrick Sagoon, Facebook banned Israeli PM's son, LOL. Is that right? Netanyahu's son got banned from Facebook? I don't I know. I have no idea. I haven't even been paying uh, close attention to it. Uh, but uh, something I'm going to look up. I'm going to Google that as we get into uh, the first story that we have lined up for Monday here. Wait, uh, we, we got one more super chat. Story. We got one more. We got one more. Should we not? Yes, yes, yes. Let's do it. Trump is uh, nothing but a Zionist stooge, and people who keep uh, promoting false patriotism in the name of central banks are an absolute disgrace, revolt. He does seem to do a lot on behalf of Israel, and although he's had some tough talk over at the uh, Fed and interest rates, it doesn't look like he's actually going to take on the banksters or the Federal Reserve in any meaningful manner. Again, prove me wrong. I'd love for him to do so, wouldn't you, Luke? Yeah, I'm reading the news article by the Seattle Times now. And Israeli's prime minister's son did get a temporary ban on Facebook. He, he's got a 24-hour ban because he wrote a post criticizing the social media platform as, quote, thought police and sharing previously banned content. I'm going to look into the content that's banned there. Uh, but as far as Trump, obviously very pro-Israeli president and uh, the geopolitical uh, agenda and the bigger strategies that are happening especially with the United States, do involve Saudi Arabia, do involve Israel, and are far more complex that could be just explained uh, throughout a random sentence. And that's why we do whole videos on them, which you could watch on this channel. Uh, but, um, yeah, I'm looking into the story now. I'm trying to learn more about what he was banned for. But, yes, Israelis, uh, Netanyahu's son has been temporarily banned on Facebook, which is pretty interesting to read about. All right, you want to go on... Um, Wait, 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 wait. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. He, I'm, I'm reading in here. Facebook deleted a post by Netanyahu last week in which he said that he would prefer if all Muslims leave the land of Israel. 
so uh, interesting to see Facebook crack down on uh, the Israeli Prime Minister's uh, son. Uh, and again, Netanyahu is also in a bunch of trouble with corruption charges as well. Not a lot of people like to talk about that, but that's a whole big factor that we talked about previously on this channel. But let's get on with it because we still got to do all the stories that happened this week and take phone calls, Jason. Absolutely. And let me tell you, this one is not a surprise to me, Luke, but when I saw it, I couldn't help but post it. Newly released MK Ultra documents, the CIA made remote controlled dogs with brain surgery. Okay, so now this program dates back to the 60s. This is one of the largest mind control programs that has been publicly available, Luke. And let me tell you, this is not the end. We know that Artichoke preceded it. And if you think that just because they said MK Ultra ended, all experimentation ended, you would be insane. This dates back to the 60s that they had electrodes in dogs' brains and were able to remotely control them. Now, you don't believe that they did this with human beings? You don't believe they did this with other animals? You don't believe that they actually used these animals in surveillance? Of course they did. Of course they did. I remember doing videos years ago where the CIA had remote control submarine-like fish, okay? They weren't biological, but they were also using remote controlled dragonflies with cameras. This was to my point uh, about an hour ago when I was talking about technology being suppressed from the people. And this is just leaking out now. Well, I want to let people know that after this broadcast, I'm going to encourage you to go over to the Truthstream page where they have just released for free for everybody this almost four-hour documentary, The Minds of Men. And one of the features in this is how they put electrodes in the uh, skull of a bull and we're electronically controlling that animal. So now we're not just talking about dogs. We're talking about a one-ton muscle-filled killer animal that they're putting brain electrodes in. But I thought that this was important, Luke, because this highlights the fact that they have been experimenting with this technology for a very, very long time. And if you don't think they've done this to human beings, you are being extremely naive. Yes, uh, especially with all the LSD experiments that they did that have led that has led to human death that they covered up before. Um, and uh, I just tweeted right now, where are the animal rights activists at? With the link to this story, uh, if anybody wants to find it. But again, mind control uh, advancements and technology has been out there for a lot longer than we think. Uh, even in Colombia, there's a, skull, uh, what, what is it called, scalilipane? I'm probably saying it wrong, but literally a natural kind of flower that you cultivate and you literally make people walking talking human zombies under your control uh, just with uh, this kind of substance that you get from the local trees there that literally uh, put people under mind control uh, absolutely terrifying it's something that I was looking into when I was in Colombia but uh, the story of it was just too uh, terrifying to delve into fully I didn't want to get near that stuff because there's just absolute horror stories still coming out of Colombia with uh, tourists being uh, taken advantage that way, and it's utterly insane. All right, Tuesday's story. Well, we went to the White House, and Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, and Trump were supposed to have a private meeting about the wall, whether or not uh, border security was going to pass, and whether or not the government was going to shut down. And I got to tell you, this almost 20-minute exchange was totally awesome to watch, okay? <laughs> it was fun to watch. It did, did you watch all of it, or did you oh, watch no. the highlights of it? No, I watched the whole thing. In fact, if you want to see the highlights of this, I cut about six and a half minutes of the best stuff, and it's over in a Veeam over on the Facebook page. 
Uh, I put that up earlier in the week. So what are the highlights? What are the lowlights of this thing? Well, first of all, Trump out of the gates starts talking about how large portions of the wall have already been built. Now, the next day, Ann Coulter took him to task on this, asked him if, she, if he thought that uh, his supporters uh, were naive and gullible and believed him. I don't know the facts whether or not these yeah. large sections of the walls have been built, but he then starts breaking out numbers. Um, but just really quick, Jason, to cut you off, I just put a link to the Facebook page so people could see the highlights uh, in the chat room. Sorry, go ahead. Well, again, so, you know, they're sitting there and they're talking about this. Now, Trump breaks out a bunch of different statistics saying this is where we renovated the wall or we built a piece and, you know, 90 plus percent drops. Pelosi takes him to task on it. Schumer takes him to task on it. They keep going back and forth on whether or not he'll have the votes in Congress. Pelosi says he doesn't. Trump says, of course, I have the votes in Congress. It's the Senate. I can't get this passed. And he, and he basically said, look, man, I'm not budging. If we don't have this in the budget, I will shut down the government. And hooker by crook, we're doing this. He goes, if I don't get it from you, I'm going to get it from the military. And that might be something that I am not necessarily behind, depending on um, the budget and the enactment of that, of having the military build the wall. Now, if you told me that you were taking 30,000 troops out of South Korea because we're doing good things with South and North Korea, we no longer need them there, and we're going to put them on the border and start building this thing, well, that makes sense to me. Uh, but I just thought that this was one of those really true-to-life political spats. I don't think this was WWE wrestling. I really think that Trump, you know, he you could see his face getting redder and redder, and you could just see evil Chuck Schumer's and they're lurking and touching his hands. And uh, I mean, Schumer creeps me out for sure. Like there's no doubt about it. He's not a good person. And uh, I'm not a fan of Schumer, but at, at the end of the day, to Amy Schumer, like what kind of, is he really? Yes. Oh, he is not related to Amy Schumer. They worked together. Yes, they are. Yes. They you know, worked together on legislation. I believe it was gun control legislation, uh, that Amy Schumer and Chuck Schumer were, um, publicly announcing together they are related well that's terrible because amy schumer is actually in my town quite a bit now she married some guy uh, about a mile or 20 miles out and uh, this is her new hot spot i've seen you her try to hit on her jason i'm not i'm trying to run into her so that i because she's always at the coffee shop i go to uh so i can just get her on the record on some of her more ludicrous policy listen i'll kill her with kindness there's certain things about here's what kills me about amy schumer amy schumer is mrs me too mrs believe women she was at that kavanaugh hearing going i want to be arrested i want to be arrested i think she's funny amy did you forget that you dated Anthony Jesselneck for years? And then after you dated Anthony Jesselneck, you went on his show all the time. And Anthony Jesselneck's bread and butter are rape and women abuse jokes. <laughs> his bread and butter. And you know it and I know it. And there's no denying it. But I, mean, I, can't, I can't fathom it, okay? Listen, you believe people. It's not every woman. And it's not every man. You go on a case-by-case -case basis. Human beings do great things, and they do horrible things. There are truthful ones, and there are deceitful ones. There are manipulative ones. You cannot box an entire gender, and I'm not even allowed to say a gender, because apparently you can identify as Rudolph the Red-Nosed frickin' Reindeer if you want. And you better not basis. deny that fact to people. <laughs> Maybe that's what we need to do. I just, sent you, I just sent you an Instagram of uh, Chuck Schumer and Amy Schumer. With, they just look uh, like satanic. <laughs> Literally evil of just like, that's the best way I can describe something right now. 
Uh, you can just see it yourself. Maybe we could put it in the video. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to look. Oh, okay, I see you sent it right there. Yeah, we can definitely put it in. the. Wait, is that? You sent me. Oh, that's somebody else sending me Stephen Miller. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, they called for stricter gun control before and worked on legislation and pushed legislation to restri restrict the, the Second Amendment. Oh, yep, uh, there they are. Right there, so you can check it out as well. Well, I hope that they're not related, but I'm definitely, he says, for your cousin... Chuck is Amy's uncle. Oh. Um, yeah, I mean, we could just move on. You could just show the photos, and then yeah. we could move on to Wednesday's stories really quickly. Yes, and this is a huge story, um, and this is a rather suppressed story. In fact, I only found it, Luke, over on CBS and the Daily Mail. It's odd that they didn't want this one to come out, that a top New York doctor for the Rockefeller Institute, let me repeat that, the Rockefeller Institute abused a thousand plus victims a thousand plus victims over a 40-year period and guess who covered it up the rockefeller institute okay we know just from the little documentation forget about these poor people that are sitting there talking about how they were physically molested by this man how this man was taking polaroids of their naked bodies believe me sharing them with other pedophiles for sure that's what they do but protected by the institute okay there are letters that span decades ago of the allegations of abuse and we're just hearing about this in 2018 i believe it's seven years after this guy's death or i'm sorry was it 11 years he died yes he died 11 years ago i don't want to be incorrect at all this is maybe the most prolific child sexual abuser that we know about in history. And he used the Rockefeller Institute, one of the most prominent and respected institutes in the world, as his cover. And those people did not mind covering up for him. It harkens back to the Jimmy Seville case and royalty in Europe. And it shows you that there is a network of high-level pedophiles. And these aren't just creeps in their mom's basements or in some sordid apartment. No, they're top level, level politicians, people in entertainment, and people in the medical and law industries. They are people that are looked at as the pillars of society in many cases. And this story needs to go mega friggin' viral and the Rockefeller Institute better pay out millions upon millions to these thousands of victims. Well, it shouts out to CBS for actually talking about this, but it, this story has been very, very underplayed. And, uh, gee, what a surprise, the Rockefeller Institute protecting pedos. Uh, imagine, uh, I can't believe that happened, Jason. Uh, Thursday's story? <laughs> Thursday's story is actually just uh, just uh, the South African politician who was urging people to kill whites. So we're just going to jump over to Friday's story, and this one's a big one. This actually did happen on Thursday, so... It harkens back. The Senate voted to end our military action on behalf of Saudi Arabia and Yemen. So everybody should think, oh, my God, thank you. 56 to 41. By the way, F those 41 senators that, vo that voted in favor of this, okay? Let me tell you something, Luke. It's a smokescreen. It's a farce. When I watched this thing, there were people trying to introduce amendment after amendment after amendment to cut the nuts off this thing, to basically make it like it did not exist. Now, for the Sterling. most part, yeah, oh, I mean, for, for everything, there were actually opposition senators that would stand up and basically say, if we pass this, there's no reason to be here. 
There's no All reason to be here. Of course, most likely being paid by the Saudi Empire. Absolutely, and special interests on their behalf. Now, I want to read this for people because it is just so damn important, and it shows that this is going to be the new proxy move, okay? The one, and by the way, 99 senators out of the 100 showed up. I'm not sure who was not there. But all 99, Luke, every single one of them voted for this provision. Another amendment made it explicit that the resolution did not affect joint military operations with Israel, which convinced some wavering Republicans that it would not have unforeseen consequences for other alliances. So what does this mean? I'll tell you what it means. It means that now all they have to do <laughs> is say that this operation is a joint operation with Israel and the rules are the same. 99 to 0 this passed. That means if Israel says that it's okay for Saudi Arabia to bomb a section in Yemen and it's a joint action, we're doing it. <laughs> we're not leaving. You get the bombs. It's It, it was... The most mind-blowing thing, and not one senator stepped up. Now, I don't know if Rand Paul was there, but I imagine that he was. Uh, you know, I'm not sure who the one missing senator was, but shame on you, Rand Paul. And shame on you, Bernie Sa And Bernie Sanders, actually, I'll give him this. While they were going to vote on this, he actually went over to the microphone and he said, Now, just to be clear, this, uh, this amendment is only in conjunction with Israel, correct? <laughs> but as soon as those magical words were said, yes, sir, just Israel... Okay. <laughs> yes. I will vote yes. <laughs> and so did everybody else. So as much as I wanted to celebrate this as a watershed moment, a moment like when Monsanto uh, took over Luke, or uh, Monsanto had to pay the price. And by the way, I think we may have lost Luke's video. I'm not sure if his audio is still there. Uh, it's not. It's, it's another deception. It's another lie. So I think he's going to reset his video. Hopefully um, he'll be calling me back in just a moment. Or I'm going to call him in a minute. Let's see. But while we do that, folks, uh, let's not waste your time. And let us continue to the next story, Saturday's story. And this is Venezuelans who regret the gun ban, a declaration of war against an unarmed population. Now, while a lot of people out there, and I'm going to call, try to call Luke uh, while we do this, see if we get him, because otherwise it's going to be tough to frame him up. Did we get him? Yes. Yep, I'm here. Awesome, awesome. I didn't want to have to reset that up. So, Luke, I, I've moved on to the... Actually, let's come back, because we were just starting this story. What are your thoughts on all that before uh, you got cut off? But, you know, again, I wanted this to be that watershed moment, Luke. I wanted it to be this that Monsanto moment where they're going to pay for their crimes and more people are going to come in. But to me, this is just more disinfo and pandering to those special interests, the Saudi Arabian and Israeli special interests that we bow down to constantly. Well, yeah, and it's, it's so apparent and clear. Hold on, I'm hearing a double echo. I'm hearing an echo now when I'm talking. Uh, did, did we get rid of that? Is that fine now? I, I don't hear you at all on my end. I don't think the audience does. No, not at all? I, oh, my, I, I mean, I hear you, but I don't hear a double over at all. Like, you're, you're fresh. Okay, okay. All right, yeah, I, I mean, what, what I was talking about was what, what was happening with Michael Flynn, and that tells you everything you need to know. Uh, I brought up this point. I don't know if I was still on or not on uh, when I was talking about how Kushner took orders from Netanyahu and told Flynn to call Russia 
to, of course, vote in favor of Israel during a big UN resolution vote. And, of course, Flynn did it, but guess what? Kushner, Netanyahu, all these people who are influencing the election that Michael Flynn is getting in trouble now because of, none of those people were held accountable. So, uh, obviously, uh, the military-industrial complex is in charge here. That's exactly what we're seeing here from this bigger resolution that's happening here and the bigger geopolitical strategy of the United States aligning itself with Israel and Saudi Arabia, of course, do not make America great again. And what Donald Trump is doing is pretty much uh, screwing over the American people for the benefit of uh, these countries. And it absolutely makes no sense. And we go over the bigger geopolitical picture. It's not just for cheap oil. It's it, Again, there's so much disinformation around this area. Uh, that we do entire videos about that you could watch on this channel. But this just shows you here that the military-industrial complex, that these people want war and they'll be willing to do anything not to stop it. And this is one way that they just did it. Absolutely. Moving on to uh, Saturday's story. And um, you kind of briefly heard it while I was reconnecting with Luke. But Venezuelans regret gun ban, a declaration of war against an unarmed population. So once again... You know, you want to know why I'm pro-Second Amendment. I, I don't sit here and harp on that, and I don't say they're going to take the guns. They're coming to take your guns, folks. You don't hear that out of me. But I also understand well, why... Well, Trump you... is banning uh, bump stocks now. Yes, absolutely. Well, like, listen, there is a concern, and the concern is we all want to sit here and we want to blame socialism, Luke. We want to bring socialism on the Venezuelan collapse, and that's part of it. But really, the sanctions by the United States, the covert military-industrial complex action against that state, and the fact that they disarmed the populace are pretty big factors. And these people are basically saying, Jason, what do we I do? Could, if I could interrupt you, Jason, I mean, I remember being in Venezuela. This is when I was still a dirty cigarette smoker. And uh, <laughs> we, I was staying with Jeff Berwick, the Dollar Vigilante, at the top hotel in Venezuela, the top one in Caracas. Uh, Caracas, again, has been classified by many people as the murder capital of the world because of how many people get murdered there per 100,000 people. And I remember being outside as a dirty smoker and smoking outside of the hotel huge government signs no smoking no guns and uh the bell guy he's like hey hey man uh there's no smoking within the entrance of the building can you please go along this way but you don't want to go along on the street because you're going to get robbed and and probably murdered and i'm like thanks guy i really appreciate that very much they have such strict rules over there that it's absolutely ridiculous um, that are so counterintuitive because private security guards can't have guns. At the end of the night, they literally blockaded the best hotel in all of Caracas, which, by the way, was extremely cheap. You could live like a millionaire in Caracas. You could rent out Ferraris for a few bucks. You could rent out the best hotel, the pimp suite, for a few bucks. Um, and uh, But again, murder capital of the world, where literally at the best hotel in all of Caracas, the, the, the bell guy lined up all of uh, the, the luggage carriers. Uh, what are those things called? They lined them all up along the doorways. So to get in, you needed to hit these luggage carriers and, like, knock and pound and for 15 minutes until a guy with, with three different doors in front of him sees it on a camera, gets through, and then starts removing these luggage carriers so you can actually get into the hotel because they can't have private security in the murder capital of the world with hired government thugs and mafiosos dressed in red, literally riding around in bikes and shooting people of the opposition. 
absolutely ridiculous what I saw in Venezuela. They also went through another kind of inflation uh, milestone. Absolutely crazy what's happening there. Uh, of course, other people report on it differently, but the people who do report on it differently, you have to understand they're getting paid by the Venezuelan government. Uh, that's a fact. Uh, what I saw there, the people I talked to, absolute atrocity, and I don't believe anyone's reporting on it when they're getting paid by the Venezuelan and other governments out there. And um, that's a fact that needs to be put out there uh, and well-known by other people as well. Sorry, Jason. Let's go ahead. No, absolutely. I agree with you a million percent. And we are going to go to the last story of the week. And this uh, wait, one... Before we do, let's go over some of the Super Chat. I'm seeing one by Radis Sipil. Radis Sipil, thank you so much for the $2 Super Chat. I know you're saying you have a proper gas mask. Uh, for me, where to send it? Thank you so much. Uh, I mean, I'm using I, the one that I had in 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 France, in Paris, when there was a whole bunch of gas, uh, uh, tear gas everywhere. It was actually an old one from years ago where I haven't replaced the filters. Uh, I actually bought some new filters. But if you have a professional grade gas mask, I would definitely, definitely appreciate it. And we do have a PO box. If you're not using the professionally made gas mask, uh, feel free to send me any other form of riot control, bulletproof vests, or anything else for our reporting. Uh, oh yeah, I gotta get in contact with a bulletproof vest guy to do some sponsorship deals because I want to do some stories where I'm obviously gonna be needing a bulletproof vest, and those things cost like over a thousand dollars, way over our budget. Of course, that uh, is is very expensive. But yeah, if you guys have any riot gear uh, for to help me during my coverage, you could send it to our PO box, which is PO box one four zero four nine two one four zero four nine two. Brooklyn, New York, 11214. I'm sending it in the chat room. It's also available on wearechange.org forward slash donate all the way at the bottom. Again, P.O. Box 140492, Brooklyn, New York, 11214. Something again in the, in the chat. Thank you so much. Uh, Radisable means the world to me. Uh, appreciate you very much. The last story that we're going to get into before we start taking uh, quick phone calls. You've got it. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein. He's back in the news again. Donated $10,000 to House Democrats in October, and then they frantically sent it back. Now, this uh, this article, I think, is actually a, a big whitewash. Uh, essentially, what I'm trying to explain to people here is that Epstein is not out of politics. There was a me reason he was meeting with Bannon right before the primaries. There's a reason he was giving $10,000 to House Democrats in October. He's still buying influence on both sides of the aisle. And, you know, this article actually admits that. And I really think that they downplay. I think they talked about something over a 14-year period of him spending like $150,000 on establishment politics. Uh, it's a lot more than that. I assure you, this is a billionaire that we can't even record how much money he has. We have no idea. We don't know whether he made his real money. And 10000 is the legal amount. Imagine the stuff he does underneath the table that no one knows about. A lot of the bigger art uh, auctions, they're usually a bigger form of money laundering because people just buy each other off that way as well. So there's so many six sinister ways that the system is built unfairly of getting influence. And Jeffrey Epstein, a billionaire pedo, is definitely taking advantage of that system in many ways more than one, more than just the legal $10,000 amount that he sent to the Democrats recently. 
uh, that of course they scrambled immediately to give back. And I just Sorry, want, go ahead. No, I just want to point people to our conversation from last week's program. Uh, I put that excerpt up over uh, at Facebook. You can watch it in full there, or you can watch it over on the backup channel of Pulse Change. And it shows you, you know, this guy was willing to pull out every stop that he could in a trial that was postponed for almost a decade. And then as soon as they were at jury selection, he admitted he was a liar. He admitted he had done the wrong things. He admitted the other guy was honest the other lawyer. And now we're going to try to brush this under the rug. But I'm telling you right now, um, there are many chapters still left to this story, and we are going to keep a close eye on everything Jeffrey Epstein. Let's go to some more of those super chats that we haven't read yet. There's quite yes, a few. Yeah, let's take some phone calls as well. Uh, Jeffrey Smith has a great idea. He says, uh, government shutdown plus privately funded border wall sounds like a beautiful anarchist Christmas. Jesse, um, I agree. Things should be done voluntarily, and I think government should have GoFundMes. I think there's no reason if some people want to do something, do a GoFundMe. Let's take this phone call, Jason. You are live with Luke and Jason. What's your name? What would you like to talk about? Hey, how you doing? My name's Matt. I'm from uh, Tucson, Arizona. I'm from uh, Reno, Nevada. And uh, I just wanted to uh, say I, I look at uh, our, our uh, current society as a, uh, 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 an infinite amount of negative circles hiding one giant one. Uh, you guys talk about all this. Uh, you know, who, you talk about Rockefellers and all this stuff. Who do you think? Who do you think are their bosses? I mean, because because clearly, let, let me stop you. There. Hold on, let me stop you. Let me finish. Uh, the, let me finish. Uh, well, because he's going to start getting into biblical, and it's going to become. You know, I, I know where this is going. If you really want to look at where the Rockefellers took their orders, I don't know that they ever did take orders. Okay, John D. Rockefeller built that business as an oil baron on his own. There will be blood if you've never seen it. Yes, it's fiction, but it's largely based on this man. If you've never seen There Will Be Blood, excellent film, Daniel Day-Lewis. Now, if you want to talk about who the uh, puppet masters are, I, I think that you would be remiss not to mention the Rockefeller family as one of those controllers. Now, let's talk about the Rothschilds for a second. The Rothschilds obviously put their efforts into monetary gain and finances and building that type of an empire. You look at the Rockefellers, they're an offshoot of that. Yes, they're in the banking industry, and remember, back in 2012, both uh, the Rockefeller and the Rothschild and merged together, you know, to, to again, consolidate power. But the Rockefellers have always been more interested in setting up infrastructure. David Rockefeller himself was military intelligence before he ever got into his family's business. In fact, I did a story on him last year where they were revealing um, his card set system, which was almost like the Dewey Decimal System. Remember that story, Luke? It was amazing. No, no, I don't. Uh, he had actually, every time he had met somebody, made a card system. Like, you would pull the drawer out, there would be Henry Kissinger. His card would say, I met him in 1968 here, in 1970 there. Trump had a card. Kissinger had a card. You name it, they had a card. They're very meticulous. Wow. Now, at the same time, I just want to say this, you know, if you think that David controlled Nelson, who controlled John, that even wait, within wait, family. Wait, wait, wait! You didn't let me finish. I, I'm not saying I'm okay. I'm not saying that it's completely b b biblical. I'm saying with how things are working at this point, it's it, it, you. You can't throw anything off. Every you guys say it all the time. Everything we see is a lie. We don't know anything at this point. And also, too, we all look at politics or, or this or that or. 
why don't we look at ourselves? Everything's fucked. Do you guys really think that there's fixing this infinite amount of negative cycles? There's, there's, there's nothing which gets to the point of it being biblical. The only thing that could fix this, this disgusting society would be a massive reset. You know, it's a message that we actually have been talking about, self-responsibility, changing yourself before you actually try to change this world, because we can't be uh, bodies of hypocrisy. And there are Absolutely. some people that do believe in, uh, you know, satanic Luciferianism that are in the upper echelons that do use that. Uh, and, and there's no denying that. There are elements of that. There are people, there's the Bohemian Grove, there are rituals, there's a lot of secret societies that do a lot of weird, satanic, sinister stuff. That is a bigger aspect of it. Uh, and when it comes to religion, some people do use religion in, in a positive way to reform their lives to, of course, uh, you know, be well, more productive. Well, you guys know this. Real religion this is, is a massive uh, collective I don't believe there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, but, it, but it's also a very personal that... choice that should be up to the individual to decide what is right for themselves. And that is a bigger truth that I don't feel is important to push on anyone, but for people to discover it themselves and to go along their own path in that specific way. And this well, is why but people, but this is people the context for you, that I want to the bring answers, You guys it. should be preaching to be, be yourselves every day because you guys are incredible and you have the platform to do so. Because without fixing ourselves first, the infinite circles are just going to continue, like you say. Well, let me just say this, of my course. man, and, and uh, I do appreciate the call. You're obviously very passionate, and I, I appreciate you saying that, you know, we do a good job here. I don't think that there are infinite negative circles. I think that there's negativity. We all have those vibrations. They're within us, man. We have We, as individuals, have the power to do incredibly great things and incredibly bad things. And there are gray areas. The bottom line is, I don't know if there's an overall controller. I, I think that spiritualism is very important. However, I'm not, I've never tried to push religion on anybody. And, that, and I've never, ever tried to decry somebody else's religion that was a nonviolent, peaceful one. I may have disagreements with aspects of religion, but I've never said, I don't like this person because they're Christian or because they're Muslim or Buddhist or any of that. I think that's absolutely negative. Yeah. And like the caller alluded to, Luke, you got to take control of your own life before you can really uh, try to help other people. But that doesn't see the infinite circles of of evil and deception. Listen, it, it, we we are, we have forces in the universe, and I truly believe if we're going to get all philosophical and religion, the only thing I can tell you, Luke, is that I believe that good and evil do exist. I mean, obviously they do exist. Obviously they play a big battle in it. You believe what you believe. You, we got to again. Jason believes what he believes individually as himself. I personally believe that there is a bigger kind of spiritual warfare out there. I do believe that. Uh, there is something bigger out there than is than is just us. What it is exactly, who it is, I don't believe it is right for for me to to talk about or to push because again, that's a very personal thing that I came to my own conclusions on. That I hope you come up to your own conclusions on. Uh, and uh, to me, there is a battle between good and evil. Uh, to me, it is very clear that uh, a lot of other people, when they're stuck in their wrong negative ways, uh, there's something else not human about them. There's something else not there about them. Uh, there's something that, that, that are soulless about them. And there are individuals that you look in their eyeballs, you feel you're just around them. You literally just are in the same room as them. You could, you could, you could feel them. You could sense them. And I know this because I talk to a lot of, uh, you know, the, a lot of bigger people out there. And uh, holy cow, I can't tell you. Um, we could get into this and we could go on for a long time. Uh, but uh, 
Whoa, there's a lot of things that are out there that are very hard to describe in words. That's the best way I could put this, to be completely honest and transparent with uh, everyone out there. Uh, all right, let's go over <laughs> some of these super chats, uh, unless you want to say something, Jason. No, let's do it. $750 billion defense budget, but no $5 billion for our border. That's working to be self-sufficient. Thank you for that super chat. I couldn't agree with well, you more. Well, it's not even for the border. It's supposedly to upgrade the border, which other presidents haven't had a problem in getting and approving. The Democrats are making a stand. Trump is making a stand. I just hope the whole government shuts down, including the military industrial complex, which it won't, which is a whole other topic that I made in a previous video. Sorry, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, it's Jason. not a real government shutdown. Everything still runs except for the bare bones that doesn't, and don't worry, they'll just print. Yeah, more yeah, money. The, the basic peon, the, the basic people that the elites view as peons, the postal worker, the national park worker, veterans, benefits, and all that, they get screwed. Everyone else, yeah, you're fine. All the other real big criminals, all the real big gangsters, they still get their paycheck. Don't worry about it. So it's not really a government shutdown shut down we got another super chat by flyboy 1776 and he says shout out to jason for promoting fellow infowars alumni um minds of men is shown for free in 11 minutes on truth stream media channel um don't know what this means but alumni i don't know i think me jason and uh, truth stream media would definitely uh consider us something else other than alumni <laughs> to say the least from well, our experiences um, uh from that other uh organization um not definitely it's definitely not alumni but but something else we could get into on a whole different rampage <laughs> unless you want to cut me off jason cut me off no i'm, I'm just gonna, gonna say that on. the movie's awesome and like like i said when you're done with this if you if you think you got it in you for a four-hour documentary because it's close it's That's three a hour. long documentary oh dude. it's so i wish they would broken up into six or seven spots um, I still think it's absolutely excellent. I can't recommend it enough. So or like 200 YouTube videos. Well, they could have, again, they could have done that. Uh, they decided to go this route, and they're just a talented uh, power couple, and they've done great work throughout. So big ups to Truthstream, and uh, I love them. I love them as an independent media organization. Four hours, holy moly. All right, let's finish, this, let's finish these off. Uh, Jesse Schmidt, Infidel Barty Ar Armor should sponsor you guys and send you a product your way in exchange for ads. Yes, that's what I'm working on, Jesse. I'm working on getting some body armor, or we're going to be hitting some other conflict zones and areas very soon. Thank you again, Radisipple, uh, for uh, having a proper gas mask. It means the world to me. You have no idea. i got another super chat uh, by Patrick Segan. He says, Telesaur might uh, mint global research RT or cred Venezuela. Um, that means they're credible on the Venezuelan topic. I know that you would well, argue Telesaur with some of that. does get money from a part of the Venezuelan government, part of Latin American leftist governments that do support Venezuela. There's a conflict of interest there that I think does need to be made aware of. But overall, Telesaur, when it comes to other topics, has been okay. They're not the worst out there. Uh, but but you got to see where people get their money from because it does influence them. That's why we get super chats from you. That's why we get donations from you. That's why we serve you. We don't know who you are. These $5, these $2 all add up, and they all mean the world to us. But this is the perfect way to run a media operation to keep us fully transparent because if the Venezuelan government was giving me money to do my news reports, if I went to, down to Venezuela, my news report would look a lot different than it did. Um, and then obviously that's just pretty clear but a lot of people are having a hard time understanding that uh but that's just my personal take on it another super chat by michael sanchez cut me off jason if if you want to say anything uh wish i had more uh to give thank you so much for your detailed work again michael uh sanchez thank you so much um even even the five bucks even the two bucks 
It all adds up. It all means a lot. Don't be sorry. Thank you from the bottom of my heart because, man, if it wasn't for those small $5, $2 donations, we wouldn't be here. Seriously. It's the, it's the little bit. It's the, it's everyone individually doing just a small amount that means the world to us uh, and is really the big game changer here. This is what's going to allow us to survive the big media apocalypse storm that is pretty much we're in the verge of. All right, let's take this phone call, Jason. You are live with Jason Luke on the We Are Changed live stream. What's your name? What would you like to talk about? Uh, hey, Jason. My name is Justin Morrison. I'm from Bloomington, Indiana. Uh, I just wanted to get your guys' take on Tom Fitton and uh, Judicial Watch's uh, investigation in Hillary Clinton. Do you think they have anything substantial? I do, honestly. But here's the thing. Uh, the media almost gave no attention whatsoever to the fact that Tom Fitton was on Capitol Hill the same day, same time. See, he was uh, before Congress while the Senate vote was going on uh, for the Clinton Foundation. Now, it was a big day. That was the Bolton speech at the Heritage Foundation that we went over earlier. That was a huge thing uh, in, in the uh, Yemen piece. And then Tom Fitton was basically being eviscerated by uh, the Democratic opposition saying the Clinton Foundation has been, uh, you know, they've been investigated twice. They've they've been exonerated. Tom Fitton, although I'm not the biggest fan, you got you to gotta understand, I know Tom Fitton from the 9-11 Truth Movement when he was under John Judge at Judicial Watch. I know you remember those days, Luke. Tom Fitton was a much younger guy. He was not the uh, head of this. And he took some opposition with people like myself, people like Luke, that dared speak about controlled demolition and other issues with 9-11. Mm -hmm. However, I think he's done an exemplary job of, you know, exposing the Clintons. I, I follow them on Twitter. At the same time, I think he's been way too partisan in support of Trump. Now, at the same time, I would say that he That is, I have noticed. Yeah, I, I would say that he is correct in denouncing the Russiagate nonsense, as we do here. But because he comes off as such a partisan person, it's easier to dismiss him in the mainstream media. And as I just discussed, most people did not even know that those hearings on the Clinton Foundation took place, my man. What are your thoughts, Luke? Um, let's just move on from here because we still got a lot of super chats <laughs> and uh, we're going past the rank of how long we should go on uh, go on till to be hey, honest. Hey, brother, me, I thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for the call. All right, so thank what you, we got? Yeah, thank you so much for the call. Really, really appreciate that. Sorry, I was just going over the super chat and looking at some of the chats and kind of like... <laughs> Uh, I was like, all right, Jason's handling it, so I couldn't really remember that, to be honest That's fine. That's fine. So Ramsey said, did I miss a chance to call? I mean, we took calls. No, we're brother. taking calls right now, so feel free to call in any time you want. Uh, we got another one by the Truth Lady. She says, left out morticians on the list of evildoers. Uh, anything to say about that? Well, but basically what she's saying is that there are necrophiliacs out there that are that are molesting children as well. And unfortunately, Luke, with the Jimmy Seville case, it did come out that uh, not only was he molesting terminal patients in hospice, but he indeed was having sex with cadavers. Oh, yeah, we got exactly. Satanic, evil, crazy stuff that's not human. All right, we got two. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick one. You are live on the We Are Change live stream with Luke and Jason. What's your name? What would you like to talk about? It's Ramsey. What's up, guys? How you doing? I'm doing just about as much as anybody else can do. How are you guys doing, my fellow critical thinkers? Very, very good. What subject do you think is the most important to chat about right now, sir? 
Well, to be honest with you, uh, I just want to go over some of the comments that the previous callers made and so also some of your guys' responses to them. Because mm-hmm. you know, I noticed that when you guys uh, talk to us, you, you always, uh, you're, all, you're about the people, always about the people, and I find that really important. Uh, I watch entrepreneurship videos a lot, and they also, uh, they also stress this. And I think uh, one of the previous callers had mentioned that we need to work on ourselves. And one of the, one of the definite trends I've seen come up lately is that people, uh, even in the media, no matter what it is, they, we treat each other like uh, scum. We, we're scummy towards each other. Mm-hmm. And we try to take advantage of each other. We try to just abuse each other. Uh, whether it's a uh, customer to business, person to person, or just even the media to personality or what have you. And quite frankly, it's sad. It really is sad. Uh, I'm uh, born and raised in New York. You know, I was there on 9-11. I was actually in eighth grade in a school in Jackson Heights when the principal walked in. He's like, do any of your parents work in Manhattan? And my dad worked in Manhattan, but he was all right. He was fine. He was able to get across the bridge and all that. Well, brother, brother, I appreciate the call, and I just want to uh, talk about, you know, a little bit about how you're talking about for the people. Well, it's all about the people. It's all about self-responsibility. It's all about us rising up together against the establishment, about against the ideals that will oppress the large majority of us. That's what we have to remember, Luke. We have, you know, as many personal differences as me and you may have or religious differences we may have with somebody else, we're all human beings. We all breathe the same air. We all desire the same basic things. And most of us want to benefit from our life experiences with other people. We don't want to be that person at the top of the hill shatting on everybody else. And that's one of the big problems I have with the the quote-unquote alternative media today. It's constantly libtar this and cuck that. And they're not interested in the conversation. They're interested in berating and belittling the other side. Well, it's tribal warfare, and it's just infotainment. And it gets click tits and, uh, what did I call it, hate bait. Uh, and people are getting sick of it. People, I mean, the the kind of currency of it is, is becoming valueless because of how much it's used. And I thank you for that call. Uh, I like what you said about entrepreneurship. And the way I see it, because I've been looking into entrepreneurship, I've been hanging out with a bunch of entrepreneurs like Joby Weeks and other people out there trying to learn from there. And the biggest lesson that I have learned throughout you know, studying and trying to understand a business, which I'm not really good at. I'm good at doing what I'm passionate about. But the one thing that I did learn about kind of business and entrepreneurship is you create a product that's a service. What service can I provide you? Uh, And you are a vast amount of people from all over the world that make me choose the best information that could help out all of humanity. Uh, And it's really something that I'm extremely, extremely, extremely grateful for, for you guys giving me that opportunity, giving the $2 super chats, the $5 super chats, because, um, this is, I think, a sure way that the media is going in. If you look at our numbers, I mean, our subscribers have gone up, what was it, 27,000 within the, just the last seven or ten days? Like uh, 27,000 subscribers just within a small window of time because, uh, you know, we're out there doing something that is worth doing, that needs to be done, that is not being done, and it's being done with the will of the people. And we can be that voice, we could be that funnel, we could be that tunnel. I'm more than happy to provide that service and put my butt on the line and go to places uh, and do the reporting. And this is why uh, um, I could address the super chat by Rational Selfish. And uh, Rational Selfish says, thanks for being there in France. 
thank you for supporting me in France. Thanks for getting me the hits, the getting me the views, the shares, the donations. I'm going to do it again. Whenever there's a big story you want me to cover, hit me up on Instagram, on Twitter, all under Luke We Are Change. Luke We Are Change, Instagram or Twitter. Personally message me on there. I'm going to look through the messages, and I want to be there at the next hotspot. I want to be there reporting on something that everyone's lying about, that everyone is spinning, that everyone is trying to manipulate to gain power over and really tell you what is happening there on the ground. And with the last super chat, I kind of disagree with you there, back Ishmael, <laughs> who says we need to eliminate useless eaters very simply. No, I don't believe that's the problem. I believe the problem is within ourselves, within our mindsets, fixing ourselves and then most importantly, after getting the hard work done of evaluating your traumas, dealing with them properly, getting proper health, eating healthy, and being a good, happy, productive person, then a lot of the bigger problems, a lot of the bigger institutions, a lot of the bigger corporations and government aren't fed with your weaknesses. You as a smart, intelligent, strong individual won't need government to take care of responsibilities for you, won't need the latest uh, product that destroys itself within a couple months because of planned obsolescence, because of all this crap. You won't need the McDonald's cheeseburger that's advertised to you because it's quick and cheap because you will have everything handled within your life. And then every other negative aspect won't be reinforced by your negative behaviors. And they only are enforced by your negative behaviors because of your decisions. So thank you again uh, for that caller or a Razmi talking about self-responsibility entrepreneurship because it's a big one. And it's a big one that begins with you. Uh, thank you guys uh, for your phone calls, for your super chats, for your, for everything. Jason, thank you. Anything else you want to say before we end this broadcast? I just want to remind everybody we are putting out videos five to ten times a week between both channels. Please subscribe to the Backup channel. Please hit the notifications. Share us on social media. Sign up for the email list. Right, It's right under every video now, guys. You can't miss it. We send it out twice a week. We let you know all of our stuff. But most importantly, hey, you want to get out there, do your thing, please do, and be the change you want to see in the world. Could it have ended better? Love you guys. Thank you guys so much for watching. Stay tuned for more.